This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them And the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And you might be sitting there going, well, guys, it's a Sunday. Why am I seeing a special football video on a Sunday? Shouldn't you guys be watching games? Well, we it is Saturday as we are recording this. We should this. probably be asleep. And Saturday night, yeah. Saturday we are, late night. It will be Sunday soon. <laughs> it will be in a few hours. And we decided, hey, you know what? Todd McShay came out with mm-hmm. his first mock draft. I came out with my first mock draft. Let's do a special onside kick draft special to officially kick off the year. We are officially kicking off the draft season Today, we're going to be talking about a bunch of draft topics. Joe Mixon, going to be looking at Jabril Peppers, a little Leonard Fournette, some quarterback situation. And this is a good one. If you want to see my mock draft, it is down below in the description, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio or YouTube. But guys, I want to start with the heavy the heavy news. I mean, this is a guy who... It was a heavy hitter. Wasn't well, Literally a heavy hitter. Uh, wasn't in my mock draft for the first round. Wasn't in Todd McShay's first round mock draft. Probably He's not, not going to be in anybody's. Probably not a first no. round or even a second round draft pick, but Joe Mixon, running back out of Oklahoma, video has surfaced of him punching a woman in the face where I believe it was when I looked at it on Deadspin, their like little Facebook post was, he punched her so hard that he broke bones in her face. This is not a good thing for a... Athlete who entering the draft, probably to me, a third to fourth rounder right now, early on in the process. I'm going to ask you guys, and I'll go to Brandon first, actually, here. What do you take from this, like, as we kick off draft season, that something like this for a draftee drops and basically lays a bombshell? Well, it's not good. I mean, it's certainly not good. I, I think that, you know, whenever you're going into the in, in, into the uh, NFL draft, and you're saying you're gonna you're gonna go, you're gonna leave college, you're gonna head to the draft. But I, I think that that is, it, it's almost like when someone says, "Okay, I'm now going to run for president." Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're gonna be looking into you know what you've done, what's your what your past has been. But they do this for everybody. Every everybody that's going into the NFL draft, GMs, and if not themselves, they have people who are looking for these things because they want to know that they're getting a good caliber player or in Dallas's case they just want to know that they're getting a person uh, because they'll take anybody can you play football cool Jerry will take you but I think I think that really the the thing here is character is a huge thing uh, this is not like he's a, a first round draft pick uh, like um, Leonard Fournette I was gonna say uh, Tunsil okay yeah I, I, yes. I smoking, smoking weed out of the ball that's that's what I was going to say it's not like it's going to affect uh you know from being a, a fourth rounder to being a 12th rounder or 13th not excuse me uh fourth pick overall to a third 12th yeah. or 13th pick overall I I think that this is not good though because it's already showing that uh, character it, it could possibly be a character issue it may be a a one-time incident but I think that still it's it's never good when you see that because there's already then a question mark, and you kind of have this this bad X, this black X on you as a ooh maybe we should stay away from him when you know you could have had yourself and given yourself an opportunity to to be a little bit better. But this is just not 
This is not good for him because everybody has seen this now, Mark. It's not just mm-hmm. it's not just the NFL. People have seen this. People are going, what's going on here? And again, I, I know that this is, it's not like this happened yesterday. Uh, this is something that he had been charged with, a misdemeanor and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just not good. Well, yeah. and that's the thing that just the details about it happened in 2014. He did have the misdemeanor charges. Missed the entire 2014 season because Oklahoma said you can't play, but then came back a year later, led them to the playoffs last year, and then obviously had a good season this year. Yeah, I think it's funny. Uh, I, I made the joke before the podcast started that this might be the most popular, uh, in quotes, uh, popular that he's ever going to be, the most talked about he's, he's ever going to be. Because I really don't think this kid's all that amazing of a talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying third, fourth round. I think there's a lot of well, guys that are going above him. I'm saying that early on, like I, yeah. I could At see the him, earliest. where you would yeah, have put I could him. see him yeah. rising. Like that's the end projection that mm-hmm. I could maybe see him if a team needs a running back in the third or fourth round. Yeah, I just think that this kid is now uh, because it's resurfaced. Now, there's there's one thing about that maybe because it's something that's resurfaced, he can convince a GM somewhere, a coach that, hey, man, I made mistakes and I put it behind me. I mm-hmm. learned and now look at how successful I've done and you know the good work that I've done from here on out. That's totally possible. But if it has the questions, you got someone who's fallen back to round six, round seven, I don't think he's necessarily undraftable. Because 2014, people are totally going to forget about this. It's been two years. It's almost been three years since this has happened. Uh, And he's technically already paid his due because he did have that year where he wasn't able to play. Um, So you know that the NFL is not going to suspend him or anything like that. So there's not really any bad side to somebody, some NFL team grabbing him because he's probably not going to play that much. He's probably going to be that second wheel, maybe even third wheel in the revolving door somewhere. Or you're even saying like a player who comes in and then fizzles out or maybe practice squatter. But the thing that I look at with this is I immediately think of Ray Rice. And that's the first thing my mind went to, mainly because we have video evidence. We have video evidence of him and what he did. And to me, if I'm a GM, if I'm an exec... Can you, I mean, draft is a long way away as we sit here right now. It's about a few months away. Are you going to be able to have the cojones to sit there in the war room and say, we're going to draft this guy, even though from your fan base, there may be an outrage because of what we've seen with Ray Rice, with uh, Randy, uh, not Randy Gregory, with Greg Hardy, um, how we've seen basically the league kind of, start up a Ray Rice rule with the domestic violence policy that they have right now, could we see maybe some GMs go, you know what, I don't want to take the PR hit. He's a guy who's on our board, but I'll take this other guy because I just don't want to take the PR hit from our fans. And Ricky, I was just going to speak to the domestic violence point. The NFL has has really tried to do a a, a good job of – Putting that out there is mm-hmm. we are we are against domestic violence. We want to kind of promote awareness for the fact that it's out there. It happens. We don't want that to happen. That has no place in in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. and and if the, and if guys partake in doing something like that, there's a consequence for that. And I think that what people would see, what fans would see, is that 
you put that aside because of talent. You see talent, you see you want to win more than make a statement and say, I am going to stand against domestic violence. This guy, Mm -hmm. you know, partook in that. I'm not going to have any part of that. So I I think that that's definitely a question that, that comes into play. But, you know, I think that, Mark, as you had mentioned, it's it's something that guys can't get a second chance. Tyree Kill got a second chance. He's doing pretty well right now in the NFL. And this is a guy who had punched his pregnant girlfriend in the face. People can come back from doing bad things. We should not, you know, make it seem like they're these awful, terrible people. Sometimes they turn out to be. Sometimes they really do. Um, but I think that sometimes there's something that happens, something snaps, and maybe you need help. Maybe you have anger issues. Maybe mm-hmm. you have this or that, and, and we don't know. But I, I think that we can only go by what we saw. And, and Ricky, I know you and I saw the video. Mark, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen the video. It's, yeah. it's disturbing. It's, it's just very disturbing because she, she shoves him. He he does kind of one of those uh, coming at you one type of these, things where he's like, and, and she and she slaps him in the face and he right hooks her down to the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's some would say, well, you know, some would say she hit him, she had it coming. No, <laughs> that's that, not that, how that, it is. But that's, that's just but works. that's just but that's just how some people were raised though yeah. too. That's just you not just how it you works, just though. do not hit a woman. Yeah, there's there's a line that you you can hit another man because we're on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, they're 10 years old. But I think that just the way people were raised and the way I think the three of us were, that's never going to cross our minds that that's okay to do. Other other people, though, it's different. They'll see it as okay. The two things that didn't sit right with me, besides him punching her in the face, obviously, made me sick to my stomach. But the two details Mm -hmm. that didn't sit right with me is, number one, after she pushes him, the lunge forward, kind of like he's trying to scare her. Why do you got to do that? Don't even do that because what do you think she's going to do? Like I I was out to dinner with Sean, Dave, and then our friend Johnny. We were talking about this because that's when the story broke. And I said if anybody did that to me, my first reaction would be to clock him in the face unless they're a woman. But like if Brandon, we were having an argument and you went to get in my face – my first reaction would be to clock you, like, slap you, get you out of here. But I'm too quick. You'd yeah, miss. Like, well, yeah, you got those cat-like reflexes. Yes. But mm-hmm. my first reaction would be clock you in the face. Get out of my personal space. And then the second thing I didn't like, after he did the most egregious thing of hitting her, he just walks away. He just walks right out. It's like, are you... Like, what's going through your head just to walk away? Yeah. Like, I, with Ray Rice... After he did it, it was he just dragged like, her. well, even he, better. Right away, mm-hmm. he, he looked down like, and you could see in his body like, fuck, I made a mistake. Because then I he had to drag her back. I didn't see that with the mixing. I just saw him walk her. right out. I just saw him walk right out and say, you know what, I'm done with this after this woman is on the ground. Probably had a concussion, too. I mean, uh, you could see she was mm-hmm. stumbling. Well, I, I think that. Honestly, though, I think I don't blame him for walking away because what what do you expect him to do? I mean, if he sticks around there, if there's anyone there, they're going to say, get the fuck away from her. So I don't blame him for walking away necessarily. Um, now, I just 
I mean, it's a it's a bad situation. There is no mm-hmm. correct answer of what he should do in that case. That's not what bothers me so much. Um, and, and to what you say of and what this whole discussion is of you know she does you know pushes him, she slaps him, whatever it is. I have no problem with a guy kind of pushing a woman away, not like get the fuck off, but like. Hey, hey, you know, let's back up, back mm-hmm. up. Don't let's not do this. Kind of like let just me get hold, away. Just like holding out your hand, not really like pushing, but like, hey, you know what? Nah, I don't want. Yeah, I mean, no, if no, some, nothing's going if on. If someone's here. coming at you, you don't have to punch her in the face, but yeah. you can kind of, hey, mm-hmm. back off. I'm now. Let me get out of here. You know, and, and when when you do something like this, like you're trying to intimidate mm-hmm. somebody or something like that. It is that unfortunate thing where there is no way up from here. It is going to go downhill. And the unfortunate thing in this situation, and the reason why I think it maybe won't hurt his draft stock that much, is because he can use the defense of, I honestly did not know any better. I was not able to handle that situation well at that point in my life. What was he, 19, I think, at this point? Um, And someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But... You know, he can easily say, at this point in my life, I did not know any better. I did not have a better way to handle this situation. I have learned my mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I am willing to accept and admit that this is a mistake, and I have learned from it, and now I can handle these situations well, better. And that's why in this process, I know that, Brandon, me and you on the Primetime Podcast coming up this week, we're going to dive into it, and we're going to look at the exact, like, with... In 2014, when it happened, mm-hmm. wasn't kicked off the team. Apparently, Bob Stoops, head coach of Oklahoma, was the first to see the video. Everyone's up in arms that he wasn't kicked off the team right then and there. But with me and the draft stock, the combine is going to be very important for Joe Mixon. And it has nothing to do with the drills. It's those interviews. Oh, yeah. Because that's going to be... It's like, Brandon, when we went out to lunch today, me and you were talking. And my first reaction, because... If you guys are new to the show, I'm a very reactionary guy, and I wear my emotions on my sleeves, and usually it's my emotions that drive most of the decisions that I make. My first thought was, if I'm a GM, he's off my list. Don't even want to worry about it. Like, he's off the list, I'll find someone else. And it was you, Brandon, it's like, well, you know what? I feel like if I was a GM, I'd do the due diligence, kind of do the dirty work to find exactly what's going on and then decide okay he's on my board he's off my board that's what's going to go on at the combine the gms that are still like i'm gonna like you and say i'm gonna do my due diligence they're the ones he's really going to have to impress really gonna have to show them i have changed and like mark said basically play the i was a stupid kid yeah and i didn't know any better and on you can say it's unfortunate, um, but I, I think that's – if I'm his agent, I'm that's encouraging him to go that route because I'm like that's the way that you're going to get yourself a job in the NFL. And I think enough time has passed where I really – we're all outraged right now, but I mm-hmm. really don't think this is going to matter. And part of the reason is the kids – I mean he's going to be an NFL player, so he's obviously talented. But when it comes to NFL players, he's not that good. He's not that good. I think he's going to be undrafted and then signed as a free agent because of this. And it's mainly going to be teams are going to look at it and go, I can draft him here, 
or I can kind of feel the room and say, hey, no one else is going to draft him. I'll just sign him afterwards. Why waste a pick? It's possible. I, I have to say, I think that, Ricky, you're probably putting too much stock into this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you said, you're, you are very reactionary. Yeah. You are very, you saw this, absolutely not. You wouldn't touch him with a mm-hmm. 10 to 20 foot pull. But I think that a lot of times, GMs more so are going to be looking, how does this help me win? How does he help me win? If I see him as being able to help me win, I can look past things and we can talk. I will talk to him personally. I will see, I will get to know him a little bit more. How has he, what has he done? What steps has he taken since this? Has he become an advocate against domestic violence? Has he done these types of things? If he's done that, I can assuredly say that he has changed that he's taken the notable steps to change but i think that you know sometimes if they have not if they have not tried to prove you know what i'm not this bad person that this showed me to be mm-hmm. going back to mark's point again i was young i was naive i was stupid i was i was not the person i wanted to be and i'm mm-hmm. not the person i am today so again if you can have your agent craft that I don't think this is going to be an issue at all. And again, it's an issue if he's a first round top 10 draft pick. He's not. He's not. It'd be different if he, if this was, you know, Miles Garrett or, you know, a Deshaun Kaiser or a Leonard Fournette or mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers or something like that. Then we've got a story. Yeah. This is just noise right now and i think that this will will pass uh, by the time that the draft comes up uh, months down the road from now but i still think it's something to monitor because uh take a take a look at the movie draft day mm-hmm. and you know they were going to go with this quarterback they wanted to go with him he was the top talent again well, Scott's he, he was he but was nobody the, went yes, to his birthday he, party he yeah, was no the top to talent party, no one went man. to his birthday party and then they had to figure out why did no one go to the birthday <laughs> party but it calls into question character, mm-hmm. and there are so it shows GMs do care about character. Mm-hmm. They care about talent too. It just come down comes down to what kind of character are they today? Mm-hmm. What kind of person are they really? Well, and that's why after thinking about it, and this is my kind of final thoughts on it. After thinking about it, sleeping on it, and kind of talking to you at lunch about it, us talking about it now. I'll be honest, I'll relate it to myself. Although I've never, thankfully, never been in a situation and I never would where I would do something this egregious. I look at, like, Facebook has that memory shit. And there are times where it's like... I'm very anti that. Well, stuff stuff that'll pop up that I have said and posted maybe freshman or sophomore year in college... And basically, like, I'll look at it and That's read what it. it. All is. <laughs> like, I'll look at it and read it, and I'll just be like, I just want to go back in time and punch myself in the face and be like, stop it. You're a fucking idiot. That's basically what I want to do yeah. every time I see those Facebook. So, point of the story is, I can see where it's like, okay, it's been two years. How have you matured since then? But the thing I'm going to look at is, if he's like I said at the beginning, where if his top ceiling is third, fourth round, if that's where he finishes, then maybe he'll he'll get drafted. It, he might fall maybe four or five because of it. Might not go as high as three, but if he's only gets to like a sixth, seventh round projection, 
there might be some GMs that are like, hey, you know what? Instead of wasting a draft pick on it, I know a few GMs that are going to pass on them just because of it in general. Mm-hmm. I'll just get them as an undrafted free agent, yeah. and then it will be cheaper that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I would add is just that if he's not that great of a talent, there's plenty of people who will go before him. Mm-hmm. It might be one thing that could honestly just push people to kind of forget him, just to forget he exists, essentially. And before I move on, is there anything, do you have your final thoughts, Brandon, anything that you want to add to it at the very end, or do you get everything off your chest? Again, final thoughts, bad video, terrible video, you know, it's just not something that anyone wants to have associated with them, whether they're going into the NFL, mm-hmm. whether they're just going to try and find a job, uh, you know, because uh, a former employer, uh, not a former employer, excuse me, but any employer could could see that, find that, and not hire you because of that. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you're going for a job in the NFL. The NFL is a job. It is work. It is, you know, not the same work that someone does going behind a desk. But these people are studying film. They're, they're really diving into mm-hmm. different things in their own job in the NFL. So I think that, you know, it, it, it could have some effect. Um, how much of it, it, it remains to be seen. But again, I think that all depends on his projected draft position. And uh, once once we find that out, I think people will be able to have a much better uh, look and, and kind of take on on what's going to happen there. But right now, again, doesn't look good right now. But, you know, time heals all. Correct. Yep. That's time heals all wounds. That's usually what they say. Right. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Either you're on YouTube and I'm speaking to you, looking at you right now. or You're on blog talk radio. Let us know what you think down below about this. Is it going to hurt Joe Mixon's draft stock? Is it going to affect it at all? Let us know down below. We're going to move on, though, into uh, some quarterbacks. We're talking some quarterbacks here on the draft special. And the reason why we're talking quarterbacks is because I completely disagreed. And yet again, check out my mock draft down below in the description. I disagreed with Todd McShay. And I'm not going to give it away and tell you what the disagreement was you got to check out my mock draft for that but basically with Todd McShay he had one quarterback go in the first round and that was and Ricky Trubisky yeah I had every single quarterback went in the first <laughs> round um Mitch Trubisky going to a team that might be a shocker and that's the Kansas City Chiefs I'll ask you guys this does a quarterback right now early on in the draft process is a quarterback going to go in the first round? And if so, who's the first quarterback you're leaning on early on in this draft is like, this is my front runner to be the first quarterback off the board? So this is an interesting one. Now, I think beginning, we Ricky, we we do mock drafts on most mm-hmm. of the podcasts. So, so this com- conversation comes up all the and time. And this is going to change. Exactly. That's, that's what it is. You're, it's changing tomorrow. You're, exactly. Your, your first mock draft that you do, Honestly, it's almost just throwing something out there and then being like, this is what I think right now. <laughs> it's going to drastically change because there are bowl games. The pick order is the going combine. to change. The combine's going to happen. Interviews, someone's going to have a video of them smoking a bong out of a gas mask. So a lot of things are going to happen. Now, uh, I think that people's first mock drafts, they kind of go extreme. I had mm-hmm. four quarterbacks going in the first round last year. I my actually first Mac, looked mock back. You want to know who the first quarterback off my board was last year's 1.0? Paxton Lynch to the 49ers at number five. Yeah. Totally didn't happen. 
Yep. Uh, I had Paxton, or not Paxton Lynch. I think I had uh, Carson Wentz going like super late to. I think I had him going to the Saints or something like that. So these things change drastically. That's why I think you know Todd McShay saying only one quarterback to the Chiefs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to change drastically, and that's what gets to me. Um, yes, there will be more than yes, there will be a quarterback drafted in the first round. You have a good memory. You did have him going to the Saints. I I do have a good memory. That's tr- <laughs> that is correct. Uh, you know, I I think. Yes, there'll be a quarterback taken. Yes, there will probably be multiple quarterbacks. Um, I'm going to probably ride Kaiser uh, out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I think that he will go, um, and I can get into why maybe a little bit later. Well, the interesting thing about Kaiser, and I just want to throw this out, because mm-hmm. this was the big thing that threw me through a loop, was that second overall pick. Because right now it looks like the second overall pick is going to be the 49ers, unless... Yeah. The Browns are able to win three games or two games or something. No, all the um, Browns have to do is win one. I think. I think 49ers have a strong, uh, a weaker strength of schedule. Do we think the Browns are going to win one? Maybe against the Chargers, but that's they, a story for a different day. They can totally do it. They can <laughs> totally make it happen. But that second pick with the Niners was interesting for me because it's like, do you? Go quarterback, or do you say, you know what, none of the quarterbacks are worth it. I'm not making that mistake. And to me, it was between Jonathan Allen of Alabama, that defensive lineman who, yeah, he can be an edge rusher on the outside, but in their 3-4 technique, he can kind of move inside and be that dominant force on the inside of that line like he is at Alabama. Or do you go to Sean Kaiser, a guy who has mobility, has the arm, doesn't have the best completion percentage, but is there where you want it. His only biggest knock is his accuracy. He's not the most accurate on passes, although he has that completion percentage. That To me, the Niners were the big one. If you're Chip Kelly, do you go with a quarterback? And eventually I said, no, you don't do it. You pass on him and you leave Kaiser for another day. I think that's tough. I think that's tough only because, you know, Take a look at take a look at the position they're in right now. Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, a lot of these a lot of these teams that are up at the top, I, I think the Cleveland Browns, what they're going to draft first is a win. They're just going to draft a win because they're probably not going to get one. I I think that you know they could go a number of things. They really could go a number of things because they need help all around the football. I think if I am the San Francisco 49ers, I really take a long hard look at the quarter at, at the quarterback market I'll say the market it's not mm-hmm. really a market cuz you're not but I I think that I'm taking a really hard look at that because of the fact you need to be able to bring in somebody who's not already there you're clearly not going to win with any of the quarterbacks you have there right now and the only one that's under contract after this year is Kaepernick Kaepernick he is he's got to move on He's got to move on. The 49ers have to move on. I think well, I think more so the 49ers have to move on from him. They have to move on from him. Blake mm-hmm. Gabbard is not the answer. They need to be able to bring in a new, fresh face to that franchise. And I think that Deshaun Kaiser really gave a good showing, especially in this last in this last year. I think that they'll want to definitely stay. I, I won't even bring – I'll bring him in now, but – who, a guy who's not even going to be in the conversation is Deshaun Watson, I think, in my opinion, because I think that they'll, that'll remind them too much of Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. They don't want that. I think they want to be able to have a guy who is more of a a, a 
pocket passer, have more of a presence there in the pocket, and can scramble a little bit, but isn't going to be the guy who is, you know, running for a lot more yards than what you're passing for. That's what Kaiser comes with, and that's why I think it's very, very important to take a look at him for the for the 49ers. I could say the same thing about Cleveland, but I think that they're they may be set on going with the the, the defensive guy. I mean, it certainly seems that way right now. But but maybe th- again, maybe yeah. things will definitely change. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say for the 49ers, really take a long hard look and and looking at Deshaun Kaiser because if you don't take one there, you don't want to get the scraps left over at the end. When things are starting to get towards the the okay quarterbacks, but not your top ones. That's that, I mean that's what I'm thinking, and, and I'm saying Kaiser, but I mean they could go with uh, Trubisky, you know, again from from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I mean they're going to be one or two. They it's open for them, but I just think they need to look more at a quarterback than than the defensive guy. Their defense, while struggling, is okay. Their their offense has nothing. Well, and the big knock I will say about Trubisky, and right now everyone's kind of leaning on him to be the early odds favorite. The biggest knock against him, he's only started 12 games in his college career. He'll have 13 after the bowl game. Coming out of college, is that like, if you're a GM, is that something where you're looking at it going, yeah, he played pretty good. But he only had 12 starts, and it's a small sample size. Could help him in the fact that, oh, he played good, let's take him. Could also hurt him in the, ah, the sample size is too small. I'm not going to take a flyer on this guy. I don't know if the sample size is the biggest issue for me. I mean, you do love to see a guy, uh, you know, the game tape. You want to see him in the game. But if you can see that the mechanics are right, if you can see he's got good footwork, uh, then seeing those few games and going, Okay, yeah, he didn't freak out under pressure. I think that's kind of enough. Uh, for a lot of these GMs, especially if they feel good about their offensive coaches, you know, the quarterback's coach, the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. if their head coach is offense-oriented, uh, if they have that, they're just, I think part of it's just kind of looking for that, does he have the right stuff? You know, how is that throwing motion? How quick is that release? Whatever, the footwork. Do I feel good about that? Okay, then that's good. Then this is a guy I want. It's a guy who has the things that I can work with. That's what matters to a lot of these coaches and these GMs, I should say. Uh, So I I would say that's probably more important than the amount of games played because we've seen guys who didn't play that many games. You Mm -hmm. know, maybe a guy who just had that one season did fantastic and then got drafted right off the bat. It happens every now and then. And then you have the other guys who are, you know, three-year starters and it takes forever for them to get out of there. But I don't think that really matters too much. I was gonna say I don't know how much you can relate it to the to the NBA, but they seem to have no problem. Guy plays one season, Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. You know, did you get enough of a sample size? Well, you know, uh, most of the time they feel like yes, they did. So again, I don't know how relatable it is over there, but it doesn't seem like they're all that concerned with oh, I only got one season from this guy as opposed to four seasons from this guy. I, I think that like like Mark said, if if you see the things that are good that you want to see, you know, okay, you know, he's a he's a little green in this area. We could really, you know, help him out to to uh, I think develop him, you know, in in this area, in this area, but he's got the skills, he's a good raw talent. 
He'll be okay. He may be on the bench for a little bit longer, but we see him definitely being a guy for the future because, I mean, that's what you're bringing them in, be the guy for the future. So I think that that's not necessarily the that wouldn't be the biggest concern I think for Mm -hmm. for me as a GM the biggest concern would be okay the sample size isn't great and in that sample size it's been a little bit of a struggle and he's trying to you know come out and come to the NFL now it would almost be one of those things where eh, maybe she should stay for a little bit longer and the thing that surprised me with Todd McShay and his mock draft having Trubisky fall all the way to the Chiefs is I looked at it and went, really, you think that there's not one of these organizations that needs a quarterback ahead of the Chiefs that are going to make the mistake that, like Mark says all the time, bad organizations draft quarterbacks each and every year. That's Mm -hmm. the mistake you make. If you're drafting a quarterback each and every year, obviously something ain't working. If If you're you're looking for the guy each year, the Browns, they're a team that could look for a quarterback. I didn't have them go as one because, as me and Sean talked about on the onside kick this past week, if I'm looking, if they have an astronomical grade, and that was the quote from the article for Miles Garrett, I'm ready right now unless something catastrophically happens. He gets caught with a mask on his face with a bong. Mm-hmm. He's a brown. That's basically what I'm looking at because and it sucks. Cause Sorry, Hugh, man. Because Hugh Jackson ain't going to make that mistake. Now they could also look for quarterback. At the ninth pick, if they really have one that they like, they still have to do their due diligence with the quarterbacks. But I just scroll down. The Niners, who we talked about, they could look for a quarterback. Chicago Bear fans, cover your ears. The Bears could be drafting a quarterback. The Jets, there are already early rumors that they really like Mitch Trubisky and want to make him the next New York Jet, and they're having buyer's remorse on Christian Hackenberg. As they should. Like I mentioned, the Browns at 9 could take a quarterback. The Cardinals at 11, depending on the Carson Palmer situation, they could go for a quarterback. The Bills, if when, they don't think Tyrod Taylor's the answer. When's San Diego going to think about going for a quarterback? They could take a quarterback. Because, I, would, I, mean, I would go wide receiver first. Sure, but I'm just saying, I mean, Phillip Rivers isn't going to be around forever. And we, I what think, we saw this year, he has thrown year. a lot. He has thrown I, a lot yeah. of interceptions. The next the year's, I think, one. are at that point where they got to draft quarterback every year. Until Philip Rivers is gone, because they gotta just take a flyer on as many guys and see if they can get somebody they feel good about just developing. Mm-hmm. And especially with Philip, like you said, kind of with Philip Rivers there right now, it may be better to to draft quarterback sooner rather than later because mm-hmm. you want to bring someone in, you want to be able to have Philip Rivers show them the ropes because this is a quarterback. Philip Rivers, I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a very good quarterback. He has had some struggles this season. Just hasn't but had anyone just, to throw to. I mean, Keenan Allen yeah. getting injured. I gotta two say though, Keenan Allen, that's huge. But Tyrell Williams, we found a good receiver mm-hmm. on that team. He may be the only one, but I, I think that he's a good receiver. I think you have Hunter Henry coming in, going to be a, a, a good tight end coming in after if Antonio Gates ever decides to retire, which he may not. But <laughs> I, I think that you know they, but they need to bring in a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I, they have had kind of the same guy there in Philip Rivers, which they're lucky for a long time, but they have not been winning for a while either. So well, then yeah. I'll throw out this one. You throw out the Chargers. Do the Saints think about a quarterback? I think they have to. Do they think about a quarterback because, A, thinking about maybe trading Drew Brees or, A, Brees ain't going to be playing forever. we got to find his yeah. backup. Well, that's what I thought they were going to do last year. Um, and, and I think that a lot of these, 
this draft can go one of two ways. It can go mm-hmm. the kind of common way that people expect is that people overvalue some quarterbacks and they draft them early. You know, the Browns, the 49ers, the Bears. Unfortunately, maybe this is just me being a pessimist, I kind of feel like the Bears are going to be the team to do it. Uh, I feel like the Bears are going to be the team that goes, hey, how often are we up this high? Let's just grab the quarterback now. Um I, I don't think there's a top five worthy quarterback right now, um, and I that's not a hot take. You know, everyone I think would agree with that. Yeah. Um, the other so the two ways that this goes is that that someone overvalues, or that it's more of like the Geno Smith quarterback year where it was just we know a quarterback's probably going to get taken at some point. When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And it just kind of waits and waits. Right now, I am, and at this point, I've kind of left it this long so that you guys can look at my mock draft, hopefully, by this time. Right now, and like I said, and you said it too, Mark, 1.0s are usually just throw it at the wall, see what sticks. Right now, I'm leaning towards the fact that I don't think any of these quarterbacks are worth a first-round flyer. I just don't see it right now. But will one of them go? I would say probably. Right now I'm saying if if you had to say, Ricky, do we have a quarterback on the first round? I'm saying no. This will be the first year since 1996 that we don't see a quarterback go in the first round. And, I mean, the big reason why, and this could play into it, next year's quarterback class Going to be creme de la creme next year, and everyone it's all going, you say that every year. It but, is all going to be the Baker Mayfield but I, sweepstakes. But I got it. But I got to tell you though, I got to tell you though, some of these teams are going to think I can't wait till next mm-hmm. year. I got to go but now. You got guys with jobs on the line. But, but see, that's but that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's why it's not. You can't just simply say, "Oh gosh, you got to look to next year's quarterback class." I mean, te- there's there, teams like the Browns, teams like San Francisco. I mean, you can throw the Bears in there. You can throw the Jets in there. Some of these teams, they can't wait. Their head coach is going, get me a quarterback now that I can use right now because i got to well, win some games like, so I don't lose my the, job. The offseason will be interesting, too, in this because Tony Romo could be on the move. Probably going Drew to the Bears if they don't get a could be on the move. I hope not. God. <laughs> Jay Cutler could be on the move. I mean, Kirk Cousins, the Redskins have said that they're probably going to franchise tag him again, but Kirk Cousins is a name, could be on the move. There are names in free agency that some of these teams, like, I look at more like the Cardinals, the Chiefs, like, teams could go out and really the good teams that don't need to draft a quarterback could go out and get not a team like the 49ers because I don't think that would the Chiefs get a quarterback well I'm saying like I think the Chiefs would be the team that they would draft draft a quarterback because they're perfectly fine right now with Alex Smith Smith. he's conservative he doesn't turn the football over much I think they'd be fine bringing in a quarterback uh, via the draft so then more so Cardinals if someone falls far enough oh yeah yeah But I'm saying then more like Cardinals, if Carson Palmer retires or the Saints, if they decide to move on from Drew Brees. I mean, right now the big kind of speculation is that Tony Romo to the Broncos might happen. So, I mean, it's going to be free agency, offseason need to happen, and then all this will be kind of sorted out in the end. Mm -hmm. And eventually every film is going to get looked at and teams are going – to say whether, yes, we're going to take a quarterback, no, we're not. Right now I'm leaning towards no, there's no quarterback, but that could change. You're saying that there's going to be a quarterback going Absolutely, without a doubt. What about you, Mark? Yeah, this is the quarterback era for a reason. 
quarterback will get drafted. Even if it's only one. Even if it's only there is, one. There will be one. There will be will one. Well, and this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you think about the different quarterbacks in this draft, the three at the top, any sleepers that you have that could make their way up into the first round. And then, son, let us know in the comments section. We're going to move on to a pick in my mock draft that got a little bit of flack, and I was kind of surprised that it got some flack because I know coming into my mock draft, Sean was begging and pleading me to make let the Bears make this pick, but Jabril Peppers in my mock draft going to the Chicago Bears at number four, and both of you guys are Bear fans, so I'm going to ask you, number one, don't worry, you won't hurt my feelings. What do you think about the pick that I had Jabril Peppers to the Bears? And would you take a for-sure safety in Jamal Adams over a Jabril Peppers, who more is more of a hybrid outside linebacker safety type of a player? I, I like I like Jabril Peppers. I, I, I like him because I think he's kinda got that versatility where he he's not locked into just the 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 DB position. I, I mm-hmm. and I think that being able to to watch what he did and is con- continuing to do it in Michigan because you know they they will be in a in a bowl game and everything like that. Against I think Florida that, State is a good team. I I think that he's he's shown a lot. Uh, you know they've they've obviously used him on offense too mm-hmm. at times. I I don't think I would see the Bears doing that. But then again, when they have no offense, they they might uh, might I, adopt a wildcat formation. Why not, right? <laughs> uh, but uh, I I like Peppers. Like I said, because of the versatility, I think the Bears are could probably look at that and say, you know, we could very well get him. As you look at the teams ab- above you, I don't think any of them would probably be going him. Mm-hmm. You know, but I. I don't know. It all comes down to you know, are they that team that go that gets you know, kind of like uh, not cold feet but jittery, like oh, I'll take a quarterback. Well, you know, like one of those. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, Jay's leaving. Uh, Barkley, I don't know. We'll just take a QB. I think that they'd probably be smarter going with Jabril, Jabril Peppers. Keep John Fox, and I think get healthy next year. Bring in Peppers. We could really see something building back up for this Bears defense. I think he'd be a beautiful addition. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I, I obviously have talked about Jabril Peppers a lot and how I want him to go for the Bears because I think it's a great fit. And the reason I think it's a great fit is not because he's the best safety in the draft because Jamal Adams is a better safety well, And that's in the, draft. the thing I want to just squash right now. Mm-hmm. Don't think of Jabril Peppers as a safety. Yes, the same, exactly. He's well, just a defensive playmaker. Mm-hmm. And I put this in... My mock draft, I was listening to the Dan Patrick show, and he had um, former UCLA coach, he's now at CBS, um, Rick Neuheisel on. Um, And he even said, when you look at Jabril Peppers, he thinks that he can kind of be the same type of a player that a Cam Chancellor is with the Legion of Boom. And that's what the Bears need. Vic Fangio uh, is... If he's still around. I, I, I fucking hope so. Um, <laughs> as the one thing I want to for sure still be in Chicago. That Anything else Fangio's can go. still there. I just want him. Um, and it's it's just the thing that he is such a good defensive mind. The things that he can do with a guy who can play linebacker, mm-hmm. a guy who can play safety. Who can be in the box. He can do literally anything you want him to do. That's amazing. The strong point of the Chicago Bears, 
is those linebackers. Of course, right now they're either injured or suspended for PEDs, Mm -hmm. but those linebackers are really where it's at. And when you can add a guy who could do that but could also be that safety – just you can get so creative with these guys. It's a good it's Chicago based on what they have right now. It makes sense. And again, I, I if if I'm a Fangio, I am pushing. I'm pushing for Peppers because he's saying, "Hey, give me an opportunity to make this defense better. I can bring you the 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 packages. I can bring you the schemes. He can fit them all in some mm-hmm. way or another. Yeah, bring me this player." And we can make something happen. And and I and I would find it very hard for the Bears to if if they're for some reason looking in a different direction, not at least entertain the option of Jabril Peppers for all the reasons we stated, all the plays he's made while at Michigan. The guy is very good. And like you said, he's just he's not a oh safety, oh DB. Defensive playmaker. Yeah. That's what he is, and that's what the, and that's what the Bears need. They just they need you know it's not just one position. They just need somebody to re-energize mm-hmm. this defense. Okay, now let me throw let me just be mm-hmm. ridiculous and don't cut me off. Okay, I I, I think that <laughs> you know the Bears when when Brian Urlacher left, you know it was oh you know Brian Urlacher the the energy force on that defense is gone. Could Jabril Peppers be not the new Brian Urlacher, but the new energy on that defense if they could get him? Again, mm-hmm. this is all a hypothetical. He's not even there yet. Don't know if he's going to be be drafted by the Chicago Bears, but could he be that new energy? That guy that okay, you're, you know, you're 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 uh, a rookie and stuff like that, but going up and saying, "Hey, guys, let's go, let's go, let's get amped up. We've got to go," and, and be the one who, after each play, is the one getting up. Getting everyone up off the field, going off yeah. the field, and going up to everybody after they make that big play because that's what, I the, think Chi- so. that's what the Chicago Bears lack right now. Mm-hmm. They lack any energy at all on either side of the football. They're awful. I think, I think he's they a guy need that, that guy who has energy, who has brings swagger he can back bring to the defensive swe- Chicago Bear team. And I think it all stems from where's he coming from? He's coming from Michigan where and he's bringing Jim, his catches. Jim Harbaugh came to that team and he infused a certain swagger yeah. to that Michigan football team. And when I see Jabril Peppers play for them, he has that swagger. And, yes, he could bring that swagger to the Chicago Bears. In my mind, this was, and obviously this is why I made the pick for the mock draft, this is the A-plus pick for the Bears. You don't need to go quarterback. I think the Bears would be fine with, and this is just to touch the quarterback situation, because I know there's probably some people that are like, why isn't Trubisky or why isn't Kaiser being drafted here? I think you guys can do a good enough job with either Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley because let's be honest, Matt Barkley is not why you're losing games right now. It's the receivers who can't hang on to the ball. If he can be protected and receivers can hold on to the ball, which you assume they would when you're playing either first, second, or third string. I've been impressed with Matt Barkley. With he's, been he's been fine. He's been fine. He's not been amazing, but he's been fine. He's been going he's out been there tra- like he's been trying to win games. I, I think that he can do enough if the rest of the pieces are there. And to go off of the energy statement, imagine having Leonard Floyd, who is quite mm-hmm. possibly defensive player of the year, uh, rookie of the year, defensive mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Um, when you have the kind of more sturdy guys like Trevathan, like Freeman, and then you put Jabril Peppers into that. You are building your Monsters of the Midway. Boom, Monsters of the Midway. Mm -hmm. You know, you are building what Von Miller brought to the mom. 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what Von Miller was able to bring to Denver, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you're building, and that's what Vic Fangio is good at. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's important to note that really what we need to find out is just which one of these guys has longer arms because that's what Vic Fangio likes, a it's guy long with arms. long arms. <laughs> Ricky, I want to know okay. that you, you said you took flack for this pick. Why why were people get were they taking were you getting flack because of the pick itself of Jabril Peppers or are you getting flack because you didn't go quarterback for the Bears at this position? The one that the reason why I got the most flack on this was for the safety position itself where the comment that we received was I a, do agree that you kind of fucked up on this one. Why did you go with a Jabril Peppers when a guy like Jamal Adams is there and Didn't that was go the big until thing. 16 overall well, and that's the thing and i will touch this now with jamal adams i'll be honest when i look at mock drafts especially this first one this is before the teams have even made interests in players the game film's not there we don't know where teams are leaning so this first one i go heavily on needs i go heavily on team needs but then there's certain situations where it's like, ah, you know what? They could go with this guy and he's the best player available type of thing. Jamal Adams, to me, like Todd McShay had him going number three to the Jaguars. We're going to get to why I didn't have him going there in a little bit. But like I said, like when I heard Neuheisel compare Peppers to, oh, Cam Chancellor, I went, you know he's right, and the Bears need that. The Bears need a difference maker on defense, not just a guy who can play safety, and that's all he can do. I mean, the Jets, yet again, safety wasn't a big need. The Titans don't really need safety. And I'm looking down, I'm like, you really don't need safety for much of these teams. And then I got to the Ravens, and I'm like, you know what? This guy has fallen too much. Yeah. And like I said at the top of my mock draft, and I hope you guys read it, was... All of the uh, there's a ton of stuff that's going to change. Draft order, we're going to get to see him at the combine. Bowl games are going to be played. A ton of stuff is going to happen. It's like Mark said, we're just throwing it at the wall. We're getting it to stick. We're getting our first thoughts on paper. And I even said, and I'll quote myself: I know, I know, some of you are shocked Jamal Adams fell this far in the draft. He's a player who could go number three to Jacksonville, but could slide down to number sixteen. And the Ravens. But that's why I, I, I kind of like the the first mock drafts, because you can really throw anything out there mm-hmm. and make any what may seem like an outlandish uh, thought at the time. And it may come back and you're like, wow, that was that was really stupid. But you know what? That was just the first one. Or you may go after everything ends up working out. You may go hmm, because of how everything goes, because of how teams ended up doing. You go. Yeah. Yeah, they could be right around in in that in that maybe twelve to sixteen range, and guess what? You don't look so dumb after all. But that's everyone's going to have a different opinion because everyone's going to have a different take on what the team needs. So that's why I think these first ones, it, it doesn't so much matter as opposed to when you're getting into draft six point oh seven point oh. You know, really I, I think that's finalized. That's that's when you're getting the meat of the the meat and potatoes of really okay. Like you said, Mark, the the finalization of this is. This is I'm not being funny anymore. I'm really making a point for this person at this spot mm-hmm. to this team. Any last thoughts on the Bears either the Bears pick what they what you would not want to see them do here 
or just final thoughts on Jabril at the Bears like I had him in the mock draft? No, I just think that for the Chicago Bears, they're very, I mean, they can draft a bust. That can always happen. But it's very rare in the draft that you're in a no-lose situation because the Bears are going to be able to draft a great player. Whether you go with what you know, uh, Todd McShay says of Allen's gone, Garrett's gone, Adams is gone, okay, Jabril Preppers is great. Or in your situation, Ricky. Or you go Leonard Fournette if you don't want to go Jabril Peppers. For the Bears? No. Yeah. I mean, if and no, I mean you stop. wouldn't because Jordan Howard yeah, stop. a good guy. Uh, <laughs> end this. Uh, but or like what Ricky's saying of Garrett Allen Fournette. You know, you're going to be mm-hmm. able to have somebody there because uh, you're in the top five. That's yeah. really what it comes down to, no matter what you're good. And, and for, the, for the Bears, too, I think uh, another reason why – you know, don't go, don't go quarterback. Is for them. You know, if you 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 don't go quarterback, you take Peppers, you take somebody else, and you have another crummy season next year. You find yourself at, at this position again. You can go get a good quarterback, yeah, a real good can, quarterback, one that you may have a little bit more faith in. But or I, you I can make a trade for a veteran if you want to. But my want my final thought is I like the I would like the Chicago Bears going with that Jabril Peppers pick. I think it would be a, a wise one. I think it would be a very mm-hmm. good decision. Again, I like it because of his versatility on the defensive side. He's not locked into one position. But I also believe that the 49ers should go quarterback because I think that not only do the 49ers need to clean house in a number of different mm-hmm. areas. They need to clean house in some of the position players that they cough, have right cough, now. Fire Chip Kelly and hire Jeff Fisher because he wants to play the Rams. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I give am... him the chance to get the worst coach of all time record but all I, to himself. But I really am saying I think they need to move on from the quarterbacks they mm-hmm. have right now and 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 bring in a guy like a, a Deshaun Kaiser. I th- I think who who knows how to how to win when it's good and, and and he can play when it's going well. But he's also been able to see a really tumultuous season there and uh, no. Dame this past season so I think it's you know mm-hmm. he, he kind of sees both sides and I think he knows which side he'd be going into uh, with San Francisco well and you guys know the drill this is where you guys come in let us know down below what you guys think the Jabril Peppers pick what do you think you didn't see the comment from my mock draft you want to get in on it now get in the comment section and let us know what you think we're going to end the show with uh, we're going to move right up to that third pick and Another one where I'm just going to go out there and spoil my pick. Leonard Fournette, number three overall in my mock draft. You can check it out down below to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And let me just talk you through this one really quick because I know that Todd McShay and his had Jamal Adams, the safety, going to Jacksonville. And my mindset was, you look at this team. They've already gone with Dante Fowler. They've already gone Miles Jack the linebacker last year in the second round, a steal in my mind when he gets healthy. They went with Jalen or they went with Jalen Ramsey. They have gotten guys where it's like they have gone defense in the last two years so much to where I'm like, you know what? I look at this offense and I see Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Two quality number one receivers. You look at tight end. You've got the tight end there. I mean You'd want Julius Thomas to be healthy and out there, but when he is, boom, you got your tight end. I look at Blake Bortles, and it's like, is he your franchise? Right now, I'd lean no, but at the same time, I look behind him, and I go, 
what has he had to lean on? TJ Yeldon? Chris Ivory this year? Haven't really been that good. So I look at it and go, hey, if I'm Jacksonville, if I think this kid is really the guy who can be the quarterback of our franchise, I'm not saying be the next Tom Brady. I'm just saying be the guy to lead our franchise to wins and playoffs and the future. I'm getting him a run game. And if I'm looking at it, and I know that there are commenters that have commented in the past that Leonard Fournette, he's overrated. He's not like, oh, we throw out the AP comparison and he's nowhere near AP and Dalvin Cook is better and this and that. Let's be frank. When Leonard Fournette is healthy, he is the best running back that we have seen in a draft since Leonard or since Adrian Peterson. I look at that and I go, let's take him. Get Blake Bortles a running back to lean on so that the pressure is not all on him. You know, I, I think that. I think it's tough for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think uh, a running back is the solution to the problems um, that they have. This team is bad in pretty much all categories. It's a bad defense. It's a bad offense. Uh, Blake Bortles is not very good. He shows these little moments where he is good, and then that's it. Uh, It doesn't work out after that. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of issues, especially with the offensive line. Um, It's just... The, the reason why you can't really say what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do yet is because Gus Bradley is going to be fired. Is he going to be there? No, he won't. He's <laughs> going to be fired. We know this already. Cough, um, cough. Tom Coughlin going to be coming back to so the Jaguars? We have to. We kind of have to see what that new coach is going to be. What's the identity you of the team? You just say it, Tom Coughlin, right? I hope so. <laughs> or Jeff Fisher could be going down. Stop. I hope that too. Stop. I hope that they both get to co-coach. It'll be fun. Uh you know, it's just a question of that because I think that, yes, they've gone defensively so much, but the defense isn't good, mm-hmm. you know. so and, and a lot of the issues are injuries to this team, uh, but they, they haven't fixed it. You know, they haven't fixed it. You've got these wide receivers, and, yes, the run game would be nice, but don't you kind of think, well, we got the good wide receivers. We got the quarterback that's supposed to be good. We got pieces here. That's not what the issue is. Let's look at this defense again. Let's keep trying to fix this defense. I have trouble for the Jacksonville Jaguars moving away from the defensive side of the ball. Uh, see, I, I, I am, I'm going to agree with the fact that they need to look at the defense, but I think that, Ricky, to your point, you can't continue to put pieces um, on the offensive side, especially a running back, to have no line to run behind. I think that what the Jacksonville Jaguars need to to do is they need to look at the offensive line first mm-hmm. because they're not giving any help to Blake Bortles. He doesn't have a whole lot of time. I mean, look at him. This I, I'm not exactly sure what's happened this year to Jacksonville because last year they weren't good, but at least he was able to put up some numbers. I mean, hold on. I, you I get know. giddy. You get add, real I'm, giddy. I got a question for you. I'm sure you out, do. My index. You always do. You're always a thinker. Throughout the um, index, but uh, I, I think know. that. Thank you. I think that. <laughs> what What has happened? Why has there been such a decline this year mm-hmm. from last year? Uh, Bortles' numbers are way down, which in turn then Robinson, Allen Robinson has gone poof, disappear. He is gone. Allen Hearns. Allen Hearns is hurt. Julius Thomas is barely used. I mean, they're getting guys like Marquise Lee. Who the hell's that? 
I, I think that you know it's it's one of those great USC receivers. It's it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's exactly who who is that? But it's 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 one of those things where what has happened? Is it is it such a decline in talent, or is it? There's no offensive line. Chris Ivory, they overpaid for him because mm-hmm. I don't think they thought they'd get anybody else. Chris Ivory is a huge contract there at running back. Um, the other guy that they've got at running back, whose name is escaping me right now because he's so good, clearly. Yeldon. Uh, Yeldon, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's a third down passing back. That's that's what mm-hmm. he is. And Chris Ivory, you know, he is he's not your workhorse. I, I just don't think that you put Leonard Fournette out there and it's going to be any better behind, again, an offensive line that I think needs so much work. As I would look offensive, I would look at the offensive line. That's who, what I would go with. I would go with a piece for, for the offensive line. I, I think that that's the most important thing for Jacksonville right now to try and shore that up. I mean, look what the Cowboys have been able to do. I, I mean, the, Ezekiel Elliott is really good. He's really good, but... If he had the offensive line of, let's say, you know, the Giants, would he be so good? No. No, yeah. probably not. And I, I think it's something valuable to say, too, of uh, another guy who was really good, is Todd Gurley, just a few years ago, and now this offensive line that they have in Los Angeles well, is terrible. Yeah, And, I and throw, he can't do anything. And I want to throw this question at you, Brandon, because you brought up the offensive line also. Because the guy I'm mentioning is an Alabama guy, and you love your Alabama Crimson Tide, Cam Robinson. Yeah, I had him going seven to the Panthers. Do the Jaguars? Is it a reach if they go Cam Robinson at three? Should they think about maybe looking at Cam Robinson at three instead of defense to strengthen that line? I mean, I personally would say yes because for them, it's you know, again. I get it. You know, defense is a, is a huge thing, and and uh, for some of these teams, it's we have a lot of issues. Which one do we want to tackle first? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think with them, I would say offense because they because a team like them who was able again to put up so many points that they did last year, and then all of a sudden this year takes have such a regression. I think that they're they'd have they have to look at that and go, you know, the, these Blake Bortles is not that bad. Allen Robinson's not that bad. When you're looking stats-wise, Allen Hearns is not that good what he was what he was able to put up last year. He's not 10 touchdowns each season good. But I think it's something where they look and they go, we got to we got to add a piece to that offensive line. We got to do something better there because I personally, if I'm their GM, I'm not going, oh, yeah, Leonard Fournette, let's get him and throw him into a fire of crap mm-hmm. that is, you know, he's he's not going to be successful. You need to first, I think, make that offensive line better and then try and bring him in a piece. You're not going to be able to get offensive line and then get Leonard Fournette as well in the same in the same year. That's just not going to happen. But I think that that's why I visit offensive line first because there's a reason why this team has gone backwards, and I won't put it all on them. But I will put a, a good amount, you know, 80% on that offensive line. And one thing that could happen. And it, so to answer your question, I would reach. So you would reach. I would Cam reach. Robinson at three. Cam Robinson, again, he has his off-field issues. Another but thing I would reach for him. that could happen, and of course, mock draft 1.0, things can change. The first thing is Roderick Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Florida State. we got to find out after this bowl game against Michigan if he's actually going to come out or stay. If he comes out... Right now, he's penciled in. On mine, I had him 28 to the Seahawks because I think Seattle 
needs offensive line help, and they can't overlook it, especially with that 28th pick that they would have right now. However, if he's a guy that falls to the second round, maybe the Jaguars could go Leonard Fournette at three, a Roderick Johnson in the second round early, and fit that offensive tackle kind of a need because to me Roderick Johnson was actually the third tackle offensive tackle taken my second one went to the Colts with uh Ryan Ramsky from uh the Wisconsin Badgers the kid who transferred from D3 played D1 last year and now he's looking to get drafted into the NFL so with me I I looked for the home run here I looked at Fournette and I said you know what if it's one of those things, and this is the interesting thing with Fournette. If you're a team that doesn't have that running back that you're like, no, we're good, like the Le'Veon Bells, the Ezekiel Elliotts, the, I'll throw Jordan Howard in there because I know that Mark doesn't want you guys to take yeah, Leonard no. Fournette. Can you look at Fournette and go, I don't want to pass on maybe the next Adrian Peterson if that's who we're kind of looking at it like he's the best one we've seen since AP with that explosiveness. Okay, I, I just want to throw something in here really quick. This is totally throwing a monkey wrench into the into okay. the flames, and people will tell me to go I like jump in a, uh, in a in a lake, and that will not be feeling too good right now. But would someone look at Leonard Fournette and say, you know what? This, this guy, real good, real good talent. He looked fairly injury-prone in his final season, I'm going to skip over him, go Dalvin Cook instead. It could. I mean, I got flack for, at number nine, having the Browns go with Dalvin Cook so high, having him go in the top I mean, do you think that someone would realistically look at that and say, you know what, I feel Dalvin Cook a little bit better. I mean, he had maybe not the season that I, I certainly, not the season I thought that he would have, at Florida State this year, I thought after mm-hmm. what he what we saw from him last year, I thought he'd really kind of break out, out the explosive this year. Bit. He was still very good, but he but, wasn't the one. That he but was then last again, year. Leonard Fournette also dropped way off. I think this this year as well. Here's, Would it be too crazy to put Dalvin Cook above Leonard Fournette it, for it for some teams? It wouldn't be crazy. The thing I think of, and this is the big if, like when Leonard Fournette health. When Leonard Fournette is healthy, best running back in college football. Like, I go back to, and Sean was actually bringing this up yesterday at dinner when we were talking about it. He brought up that old Miss game, and he's like, remember watching that at Dave's? Remember seeing what he can do? Basically, the meme on the internet where he put the defender in his grave, just buried him right into the ground, right into his grave as he went on for a touchdown. You look at that, and you go... That is the explosive Leonard Fournette that we can get. But the question is, the ankle injury he had this year, how big of a hindrance is that going to be? Plus, he's been a guy that we talked about in college, has had a lot of carries at LSU. Running backs, what you worry about is that wear and tear for Mm. the running backs, especially on those knees. Absolutely, and you say health. I mean, that's one of the the biggest factors that someone's going to be looking at. And that's something that they're going to be an issue in combines and things like that is it's going to be the, all right, let's have a doctor look at him. Let's see that ankle. Let's see what somebody thinks. How much more does he have left? How Mm -hmm. much more can that ankle give uh, before it's done? You know, the question of if these guys are healthy, Fournette's going, he's going right off the bat. If he's absolutely healthy, if he never had that ankle injury 
and he had the season we all wanted him to have, he's number one overall. That's There's no question about that, I think. But he was number one overall in my... Or no, he was number four. I forgot I had two quarterbacks going my way. Yeah, literally. you wouldn't do that. Uh, Almost my number one to the Browns. And now I you really have no quarterbacks. So fun how that happens. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that he would have been number one overall if, if everything was going great. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, can a guy like Cook be taken in front of him? Sure. If injuries, if you know, if doctors are looking at him and saying, I don't know, man. I don't know if I think if I'm that confident in that ankle holding up for your 16 games that you want him. Mm-hmm. Teams could easily go and make that switch because I think that there's some. Sure, it's nice to have Adrian Peterson. Yes, it's nice to have Ezekiel Elliott, but at the same time, teams get by with the, you know, the two or three, all right running backs and a good offensive line. Teams get by with. A fourth-round pick in Jordan Howard coming out there and just being explosive. You can get your running back elsewhere. It well, can I mean, happen. Look at Melvin Gordon. Gets taken not as high as I have Leonard Fournette going. Gets taken by the Chargers in the teens. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do anything his rookie year. Takes until his sophomore year, and then he finally yeah. turns it on and does something. You can put... I think the running game is something you can put together. Mm-hmm. What you can't put together is a passing game. A passing game, yes, yeah, sure. You also can't just string together a bunch of guys to be your offensive line. Mm-hmm. No, your offensive line needs to gel together. That, that needs be to be a something unit. that you really focused on. You can't just put together a defense in most situations. You know, sure, you can throw a bunch of money out there, uh, but it typically. Giants, of course, excluded this year because uh, it looks like it's starting to work out for them. It usually isn't going to work out. I am not. Yes, the running game is important, but I am not that person that says you need that best guy ever. You need if there's someone who might be Adrian Peterson, you need him on your team right now because you can get somebody else that will be able to put up the numbers for your team. And a team like Jacksonville is not Teddy Two Gloves. You know, it is not the team that needs Adrian Peterson. Doesn't have that Mike Zimmer forward. built defense yeah. either. Blake Bortles is supposed to be Andrew Luck mm-hmm. in you know Indianapolis. He is supposed to be the guy that puts it on his shoulders, utilizes his weapons, throws it all over everybody. That's what he's supposed to do. And I don't think that Leonard Fournette fits into that. The only and the big reason why. I'm still right now sticking with Leonard Fournette, obviously, because I'm going to defend my pick. The thing that I think of with this run game is you need somebody who's going to be a threat. Whether you think that's eight, whether you think that's Leonard Fournette, almost call him AP at three. Whether you think it's a, I don't know. Let's throw out a if it Deonta Freeman falls, even though he'll probably be a first round talent. If you think someone in the second round is worth it. This Jacksonville team needs on the offensive side needs to look at the run game and say we need to find something. Remember who they signed two years ago from by Minnesota Vikings and Toby Gernhardt. Remember how he was supposed to be the guy to kind of solidify this Jacksonville yeah, I don't run know why game. Thought that. And then he got cut before his or released before his contract could fill out in three years. When was the last Good, decent Jacksonville MJD. running back. Jones, Drew. A- MJD, Fred Taylor, 
I mean, decades. My, my gosh, it, it goes. It, it honestly, it goes all the way, all the way back there. Which was what I feel like that was five years ago. I mean, I, I well, feel yeah, like yeah. that was that was a good five years. They have not had then a solid running game mm-hmm. since that. And I, I I agree with Mark though. I think that sometimes, again, I think teams get really antsy mm-hmm. on going with the best guy in the first the round. Best guy. Ezekiel Elliott turn has it looks like turning hold it has turned out to be a really really good guy. Mm-hmm. But how many times has has have you been able to find or teams been able to find a diamond in the rough, so to say, in that second, that third, that possibly fourth round, where you're going, man, glad we didn't go with that guy in the first round yeah. that is really really struggling right now and. Is going to end up being being let's say a bust. I'm not going to say that Leonard Fournette is going to be anything mm-hmm. of a bust, but you just never know. Sometimes you go for that good guy who's got all that hype, and turns out they really had an injury problem that we didn't know about. The one thing I want to say about Zeke though is, and I don't want to take away from what he's done because he is a good running back, but with Zeke and I throw Dak Prescott into this too. How much ownership do you put on that offensive line where it's like you're playing behind the best offensive line in football? Of course it's going to be easy for you. Let's put Zeke on the Rams and see what he does. He probably is a good running back, better than Todd Gurley, but he ain't having an MVP-like season. We ain't talking about a rookie being in the MVP discussion if he has the St. Louis Ram offensive line or even the Minnesota Viking offensive line over that Cowboy offensive line, and that's... It goes back to, with the Fournette thing, Jacksonville's offensive line. And that's going to be the one thing where do you not take a Fournette because your offensive line is weak? I mean, I I, I understand that, and I, and I get that, but I, I don't think that you can say, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's just a... He's he's just an okay running back no, because it's it's be it's good. all on it's all on this offensive still, line that's 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 doing it for him he'd because still be a top running back did, in the league. Did he just he, wouldn't be MVP discussion. Did good. he? Absolutely, fall into a good good situation. Phenomenal situation at Dallas. Yes, let's just take a a very very quick look at uh, Demarco Murray. Man, having a wonderful season in Dallas. Off to uh, the Eagles. Ryan Matthews was playing over him. Mm-hmm. So I think I completely agree with you in that sense. But I would not say that Ezekiel Elliott away is. From him, though. And, and uh, I, you will do anything to take away from Dak Prescott, I'm which saying, I think is awful. I'm saying Zeke. But, uh, I'm saying I, Zeke. I, I, you said Prescott. You threw him <laughs> in there because you hate him. I don't hate um, him. I just want to be chance right. You can get to I just, wanna, I just want to be right. Um, I but be but right. I, I, I agree with that. But that's why I think it's so important at a place like going back to it really quickly, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. don't try and go for the running back and then, uh, you know, year by year we'll fill in the offensive line. Fill in the yeah. offensive line and you could have Chris Ivory and hell, you can make him look like Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. I want to slip one thing here right in at the end before we close up shop. There was one pick that I kind of got a little bit of comments on in our comment section and it has to do with Sean Anderson's favorite team. In the New England Patriots. I had Juju Smith Schuster. Schuster. Schuster, whatever. Juju Smith. I basically had Juju Smith fall to 31st by the New England Patriots. I am putting you in the shoes of Robert Kraft and the Patriots. You get a choice between two players. Who do you go with? Wide receiver and Juju Smith. Running back and Christian McCaffrey. Brandon, start with you. Who do you take out of those two? Wide receiver, Juju Smith. 
I've got my running back. So Garrett, Garrett Blunt. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Unfortunately, I feel like, well, I got wide receivers too. Um, so I, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. feel like I need them. I have Tom Brady is what I really have. He's the one yeah. who's going to make anybody into uh, the next great wide receiver. Uh, but they did also just, you know, take the uh, DUI cast off Michael from Arizona. Floyd. So they might feel kind of oh, good. they're saved then. They might feel kind of good. <laughs> the savior. No, so I, I think I probably would lean towards running back uh, in this, to be honest, because you know how the Patriots work. You're only on that team for, you know, your days are numbered. You're only on that team for so long. Unless you're Tom Brady, then you will out. stay forever. Or Julian Edelman, because you kind of modeled yourself to be Tom Brady light. Or diet time. Julian Brady. Edelman, he's only been there for so long. Yeah, He'll but be kicked off soon I'm enough. saying, you look at Julian Edelman. <laughs> the way the Patriots work. He's a guy that wants to be Tom Brady. You look at the logo of his brand, exactly the same as Tom Brady, with the J-E and then his mm-hmm. number. Dude idolizes Tom Brady. Why wouldn't yeah. you? My my thing is, okay, Juju, how tall is he? 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, is he around there? He's... N- He's one that's not going to burn you away with your speed with his speed though. But when's the last time they had a guy Randy Moss at that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady would yeah. be itching, I think, to mm-hmm. be able to throw to He's a guy with, with with some size. Way. I thought he was bigger than that, but um, I, I think that Tom Brady again he would be very happy. To have a, a a a bigger guy like that because he's got he he's he's got the small white guy mm-hmm. down. He's got Danny Amendola. He's got Julian Edelman. Used to have Wes Welker. Wes well Julian Edelman's brother basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, they, I think they both had the same amount of concussions. They've morphed into the same person, <laughs> but I, I it's uh, Wes Edelman. I think Wes Edelman. I, I think or Julian that, Welker. <laughs> yes, both guys are walking around. Yeah. But I, I I think in all honesty is on some final th- thoughts with this one. As I would go wide receiver for for that fact because Tom Brady, I mean he can work with anybody, but I think that he would really you could really help to improve the offense even more so, in 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 the passing game because that could be a guy who could stay around for a while and a a good he could turn him into a real good wide receiver real quick, and I think on the running back side there's there's just. Too many guys in there. You've got James White. You got Dion Lewis. You got Legarrette Blunt. It's like you don't need to add another one. With wide receiver, you can do that because you need your guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. You need your uh, guys in the slot position. That's why I would say Juju. And the reason why I threw this in there right at the end was, like I was saying, me, Sean, and Dave were talking about it before the fast break. Sean, I think, was leaning more towards Christian McCaffrey. Also, we got a comment in the mock draft video of. Someone saying, hey, you know what? Look at what the USC receivers have done. And he said, Nelson Aguilar will not be forgotten when the Eagles picked him with their high pick and he hasn't kind of flourished to what they want in Philly. But before I wrap anything up, is there anything with the draft on this draft special that we didn't touch that you're like, I'm itching to get it out there? The one thing I want to say is something we have touched on. I wish we would stop comparing good players in college to, to the best players in the NFL. Last year we compared Ezekiel Elliott to Adrian Peterson. I'm pretty sure we had a podcast episode titled Is He the Next Adrian Peterson? Is He Peterson? the Next Adrian Peterson? I think you're right. Yeah, and now we have Fournette who we're saying is most likely the next well, great Adrian can, Peterson. Can I say, can I, can, hold on, can I say really quickly, it's not where, it's this guy yeah. across well, no, the no, table. No. It's Ricky. I, want, I think I he could clarify. be the next no, no, AP. No, no, no. I want to clarify <laughs> 
My exact because he wanted the the Vikings to get him. My exact wording mm-hmm. is he is the best talent we've seen since Adrian Peterson. Like one of those like revolutionizes a draft class. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's the best talent in a draft class we've seen since Adrian Peterson. I'm not saying he is Adrian Peterson because nobody is Adrian. I Peterson. just feel that we all throw these. These guys, and not just not saying in this room necessarily. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Mel Kiper said that he is Adrian Peterson um, or Todd McShay, whichever one. Uh, they kind of more. They probably the both have too. said it at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Todd, Todd, no, Todd, yeah, Todd. So I think it's just you know we all like to be like, huh? How do I catch somebody's attention? I compare him to that really really good mm-hmm. player. That'll do it. But I also think I, I think sometimes though too is it's 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 not people necessarily and Ricky I, I I would say this for you too it's not necessarily that you're trying to say he's Adrian Peterson but you're trying to give it a best comparison mm-hmm. of how you can picture this person and what kind of skill set you think that they would have so you say ah you know very similar to and then such and such NFL player mm-hmm. and I think that just helps to give the viewer the uh-huh. listener a better idea. Of, they don't like that you're pointing at well, them right the, now. I'm pointing at them for a reason because I'm going to tell them something that uh, is really important. I was waiting for Brandon to stop talking. Oh, no. You were kind of throwing me off. You are just... <laughs> I'm pointing at them. <laughs> just just, just not looking at them. Just days. pointing at them. So. What, I, what I was going to say is basically, like what you were saying, the player comparisons, one that I hit nail on the head because we did film breakdowns last year, two of them. We're going to do a lot more this year. We're basically going to hit... A lot more film breakdowns. One guy I hit the nail on the head. I said, hey, you know what? Derrick Henry, he'd fit that Titan system. Who drafted him, Brandon? The Titans. The, the Tennessee Titans. So that's one I really hang my hat on because I, I kind of saw him as like the bus and Michael the Burner Turner like Malarkey used well, when he was at Pittsburgh and Atlanta. He just totally used that opportunity to pat himself on the back. <laughs> well, really does that was. When does he? When does he? I, I, but I think that I think that you're right, though. I mean, take a look mm-hmm. at Demarco Murray. He's obviously having a great a, a great season uh, with them. But don't say it's a comeback season. He don't want that. No. Um, I, I think that uh, Derrick Henry again will continue to thrive in that in that system too because of that. Um, but uh, another thing is, if you're ever going to compare a player, never compare them to Tom Brady. Uh, because Sean Anderson will tell you, no one can beat Tom Brady. <laughs> well, and he'll let you know down in the comment section, or yeah. Yanomir Yager, as uh, he's known in our comment section. Still don't know why. Still don't know why. Jagomir Jagger? Yeah, Jagomir Jagger, <laughs> as, as Brandon, the non-hockey guy, calls him. But thank mm-hmm. you guys for either watching or listening to this very long draft special. We're going to do a lot more of these, especially while the season's going on when mock drafts are out, because... Me and Mark got playoff stuff to talk about with the onside kick. I want to thank Mark for being in on this TOK uh, special. I want to thank Brandon for being kind of the special guest on this one coming in from the Primetime no, Podcast. Thank you. And we are going to have the rest of the MVP guys on more of these. So stay tuned for all of our draft coverage coming up. Make sure to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help support the channel. But this is Ricky Woodmore signing off for Brandon and Mark. As always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.